Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Well, welcome to church this morning and join me in welcoming our online audience as well as our television audience. And um, thank God for all the wonderful things He's doing. You are the right place at the right time and you tuned into this also at the right time. Amen. God has a plan and God has a purpose. And your life will not be the same after today. If you believe that, say amen. amen. I'm so happy. I, I, I'm, I'm just a blessed person. <laughs> and in the name of Jesus, no matter what you are faced with, by the end of this message, your life will not be the same. Amen. I said your life will not be the same. I said your life will not be the same. We serve a good, 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 good God. He's a faithful God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we will lay down our lives for him and serve him with all our might, with all our strength. That is the secret of uh, fulfilled life when we lay down our lives for the Lord. So all this morning we are talking about fruitfulness. This morning we'll look at it from this angle, making your life count. Making your life count count and so many people um, live life and are not fulfilled so many people live lives and are frustrated um, and sometimes we wonder why sometimes we wonder what the issue is and I pray that as we go through this you will discover your purpose in God and your life will count for all of eternity in the name of Jesus. Not only in this earth, but throughout eternity, your name uh, will count. The Bible is made up of ordinary people that yielded their lives to the Lord. When you read, um, I like to call it Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Fame of Faith. Um, you notice that these are ordinary people. But in their generation and in their time, they decided that they would stay on God's side and let their lives count. They decided that they would cooperate with God and make a difference. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, as you cooperate with God, you will make a difference in our generation. Your life will count in our generation. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. So last week, we talked about the fact that being fruitful is part of God's plan. That has always been God's plan from the beginning. When you study God's account in, from the book of beginnings in Genesis chapter 1, that is, that is God's ultimate plan and purpose for each and every one of us. Sin came to interrupt it, but Jesus Christ comes and has restored us back to God's original plan and purpose so that our lives can make a difference. And then Jesus also speaking, turn with me to John 15 verse 16. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. This is a glorious promise. He's saying that you did not choose me. How many of us chose ourselves to come into the kingdom of God? 
<laughs> Some of us, if God had, if it had not been by the grace of God, we would know where we'll be today. Nobody chose themselves. No one. It is only the grace of God. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Well, for what reason? For what purpose? Notice, he says, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you may ask the Father in my name, he may give you. You see, fruitfulness, to be fruitful of our lives to count, it starts with faithfulness. And there are five changes that needs to happen for us to be fruitful. It starts with a change of mind. And the first change is to be kingdom-minded. To have a kingdom mindset. It makes all the difference. If we live in a democratic society, some parts of the world still have kingdoms and kings. It, the first change is for us to have that kingdom mindset and to have an allegiance for Christ who is called a king. If Satan is called a prince, he's never referred to in the Bible anywhere as a king. But Jesus Christ is called a king and God is also called a king. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 104 verse 1. He says, bless, bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Now, we've, when you become a child of God, this is so important. When you become a child of God, you are translated from one kingdom to another. Notice what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. Colossians 1 13. He says he has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness or the remission of sins. Everybody who is a child of God has gone through this translation. Anybody who is not a child of God is still under the authority and the domain of darkness. That's a terrible place to be in. Darkness represents everything bad, everything evil in the world. You are under the domain of who the Jesus calls the prince of this world in John chapter 40 verse 13. He is ruling and dominating over your life. But you can make a decision if you are watching right now, listening, wherever you may be. You can make a decision today 
Maybe you are being buffeted around by life. You are being buffeted around by Satan, who is called the prince of this world. Another name for him is the deceiver of the nations. He deceives people. You can make a decision that enough is enough. I am switching kingdoms today, right now. I refuse to be under the domain of darkness. But once you do that, what you have to realize is that the things that used to be in your life, the way that you used to live has ceased to be, and now you are under a new king, and you are under in a new kingdom that runs different from the way the world system runs. And your allegiance has switched. That is the first step to fruitfulness, or that is the first step to making your life count. I am in a new kingdom. I have a new king, and my allegiance is different. The next thing to making your life count or being fruitful is there has to be a change in one's expectation. Are you living for now or are you living for eternity? It makes all the difference when that expectation is set. Every day, this, the decisions that we make, now you'll make those decisions with eternity in view. Notice what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because... The days are evil. This, if it was evil back then, what, how would you describe our days? <laughs> if it was writing to uh, us as a church, or writing to the church right now, and he's writing to those, Ephes to those Ephesians, and he says that, look, be, be wise. Walk in wisdom. Walk circumspectly. Circumspectly. Redeem the time. The days are evil. If it comes, if you, if you, if you was to, if you was to come back on the scene today, I don't know how you would describe this one. <laughs> but it's going to get worse and worse and worse till Jesus Christ comes. And when the church gets out of here, it will be total chaos. So you don't want to be around here. <laughs> Please plan to be on the first bus. <laughs> Jesus is coming soon. When the, the only thing restraining certain things from happening is the church and the Holy Spirit. When we get out of here, it wouldn't even be funny. <laughs> Somebody said, I'm going to try to uh, I mean, be around and make it during the tribulation. Please, that's the second bus. Please don't don't try that one. Get on the first bus. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> anyway, I, just, I thought I would just throw that in there. It wasn't part of it. <laughs> Get on the first bus. The days are evil. Walk as wise. And have eternity in view. Because, you see, the, the thing that will count when you stand before Jesus really are the things, the work that you've done for God. Let's look at that scripture again. Revelation chapter 14. Notice this. Revelation chapter 14. Verse 13. He says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works, and their works, and their works. Follow them. That they may rest from their labors. That they may rest from their labors and their works. Follow them. So have that in view. Have that eternity in view. The only thing that will follow you is your works. The Mercedes-Benz won't go with you. Who will show up there? The works follow them. Rest from their labor. Your fruitfulness will you will start blossoming and being fruitful when you look at life with eternity in view. What am I doing for God now that will count eternally? Am I living just for now or for eternity? In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus May your works follow you when you leave this place. I said, may your works follow you when you leave this place. If Jesus doesn't come, the next 80 years, 120 years, we won't be here. Another group of people will be on the scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Another group of people will be on the scene. Your works will follow you in Jesus' name. I said your works will follow you in Jesus' name. I said your works will follow you in Jesus' name. So every day the decisions, everything will change. About you will change. That you once you make that switch, once you make that change in your expectation, everything changes. Redeem the time for the days are evil. I pray may God help us to be wise. You see, one of the hindrances, let me just pause here. One of the hindrances, which ties into what we are talking about, we look at this scripture.
People become children of God, and like I said, there's so much frustration because th- there is nothing to show for their life as a child of God. Notice this, in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5, he says, But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. If these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means that you will be fruitful. Now, notice three things that he lists here that causes unfruitfulness or barrenness in our spiritual work with the Lord. Now he says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted. One, short-sightedness. You only see it to a certain extent. You only see things from a natural standpoint. You only see things from an earthly perspective. It says that he is short-sighted, short-sighted even to blindness. Short-sightedness, spiritual blindness, only seen, only to a certain extent, leads to unfruitfulness. But when you have eternity in view, you see things from a, a whole different perspective. Oh, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, may God open our eyes to see things from his perspective. Makes all the difference. He says that, for he who lacks these things, so add to your faith, all these things that he he talks about. But if you lack these things, you are only seeing things from a natural standpoint, and you are blinded, you are short-sighted, you are not going to be fruitful. And this is one of the key issues. To be fruitful, to make your life count, you have to change our expectation. One time, someone went to heaven, and I keep saying this, and he came back, so he took a field trip. If you go to heaven and you don't come back, that's not a field trip. In Hebrews chapter 12, he talks about the cloud of witnesses that are surrounding us and watching us as we run our race. You see, Hebrews chapter 11 is a list of people who have lived. Then he, towards the end, he says that those people without us are not made perfect. Then when he gets to Hebrews chapter 12, he's writing a letter. He says that, wherefore, since we are surrounded by those people who is listed in Hebrews chapter 11, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So he said he met somebody, that, a relative who had passed on and was in heaven. He said, look, people up here don't, are not concerned about earthly things. They are concerned about what is going on in your life spiritually, whether you are making progress in your race, whether you are making progress in your walk with the Lord. That's what they are concerned about. And one of the things that hinders us 
for making progress, for making our life count, for making a difference. He said, it's a dragon of self-centeredness. Me, myself, and I, nobody else. <laughs> the whole world can burn up, I don't care. <laughs> If we can slay that dragon and have eternity in perspective, we'll bear much fruit for the Lord. Yet we are mission-minded as locally and internationally as well. We get excited when we start talking about missionaries, when we start talking about outrage, evangelism, and when we start mentioning names like Hudson Taylor, went to China, William Curry, India. Underwood of Korea. These are people. Why do we remember their names? Why, why do we still talk about them? They were kingdom minded. And you see, you can be a business person. You can be a student. You can, well, no matter your station in life, the kingdom of God can be first with you. All throughout eternity, your name will be remembered. I said your name will be remembered. I said your name will be remembered. I said your name will be remembered. Three, to be fruitful, we must change. There must be a change in one's values. There must be a change in our values. Notice what the Apostle Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. He says, Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. That I may gain. Christ means the anointed one. And you cannot talk about the anointed one without his anointing. I count all things. Lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, I count them as rubbish. His, his value has changed. I count them as what the trash person comes from every week from your house, from my house. If he was living right now, that's how you put it. I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. The things that I used to be interested in, I'm no longer interested in them because Christ is the one that I want to gain. Jesus is the one that I want to gain. What the world values is not what I value. something that I've set my eyes on and that is Christ Jesus. That I may gain Christ 
I count them the loss of all things that I may gain Christ. Your role models have changed. It's different. The, the sports star is, who may not be a Christian is not your role model anymore. No, your role model is Christ. I want to gain Christ. And you see, what the world values, I mean, is different. And then the church is the soul of the, of the earth. We are the soul of the earth. But we value, we re, I mean, respect elderly people. The, all these things. Your values change. When your values change and you begin to, des begin to desire the things of God, that is the beginning place for making your life count. Young people investing in others to see them change around for his glory. For there is has to be a change in one's priority to be fruitful. How you use your time, your money, your education, your influence, it all changes. Sometimes it has to be even a change of friendship. My values have changed. And if I'm, they are, I'm going to have to party with them and stay up late so I cannot be in church the next day, uh, see you later. Or you, you show up and it's, I says go into the house of God. And the other person says, oh, I, I'm not interested. I'm only visiting for a few days. I don't want to join. So, okay, you, I, I'm going. I'll see you when I come back. Uh, God is my priority yes. on Sunday mornings. Your money, your education, where you invest your money changes. Notice something that he said. Let's go back to, go back to where we're in First Peter. Notice another reason why he gave for a lack of fruitfulness. He said this. Notice in First Peter 1, uh, 1, 1.9. He says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sin. This is one another key issue, forgotten. You see, people easily forget that they were once unsaved. <laughs> and some way, somehow, the gospel got to you. He says that, he has forgot. He lacks these things. He has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. That kind of forgetfulness leads to barrenness spiritually or unfruitfulness. Because if you remember that you once upon a time you were not a child of God. And the word of God came to you. You will do all you can to get it to others. With everything that you have. In Matthew chapter 26, the woman with the alabaster box came to Jesus. 
And she was so appreciative of what Jesus had done. She took that alabaster box and broke it. It did not have a funnel. It, she just broke it. Jesus, all on you. Because of what you have done for me. You've delivered me from these demons that used to torment me. I'm so grateful. And what she did was equivalent to a year's wages. The people there were sitting and complaining, why should this be done for this preacher? What? <laughs> Jesus said, relax. This woman appreciates. She remembers who she was and what I've done in her life. I pray Mary remember. It will make you live differently. You start being fruitful. I used to be saved. I'm saved. Someone took me to church. Someone invested the money in the gospel to get it on the radio, on the TV, social media. Some way, somehow, a friend spoke to you. For me, it was a Sunday school teacher at church that walked two or three miles every Sunday morning, came and picked us up kids from home and took me into church. He's going to be with the Lord today but, as a result of that investment, now look at me. Others are being impacted. He did not forget. And I will never forget him. What if he was just thinking about himself? The investment that we make in the life of others goes a long way. When we change our priorities, it makes all the difference. When the kingdom of God comes first, it will change our decision making when we make decisions. And, and the interesting thing is that when you put God's kingdom first, Matthew 6, 33, it says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and then everything else will be added to you. It's a great mystery. The things that the world are chasing for now get added to you. No, you, don't, you don't diminish. It doesn't get subtracted from you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I see your priorities changing. I said, I see your priorities changing. I said, I see your priorities changing. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And five, there has to be a change in one's life mission. That determines how we serve. And the way we serve. Why am I here? 
And where am I going? Thank you, Lord. Now, you see, there are four calls and commission uh, of every child of God. And when we discover it, we'll start being fruitful. The first one is, there is a stage in our walk where it's one, come and see. John 1.39. You are born into the kingdom of God. You come and see. You are just an observer. Notice how he describes this verse in John 1.39. He said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and stayed with him that day. Now it was about the ninth hour. So he went to call his brother. Come and see. That's one stage. We have found the Messiah. So you come in and encounter Jesus. That is one phase. Then there's another level where you come and then you grow. You mature. And there's a third level. You come and you serve. You utilize your talents, your gifts for the Lord. And everybody, there's nothing like anybody coming into the world without gifts and talent. That doesn't happen. No, no, no. You may not have discovered it, but everybody <laughs> comes with gifts and talents. Sometimes the enemy might whisper to you and say, you are useless, commit suicide. There's no use to your life. Take your life away in the name of Jesus. Don't listen to him and they took your life away. Yes, your life has great value. I know sometimes the challenges, the difficulties of life can be weighing down on you. And you don't know which way to turn. The world doesn't have the answers. Infant formula shortage, um, high fuel prices, war in Ukraine, um, the inflation. The list goes on and on and on and on. But we're talking like we're talking about like the person who is fruitful is the one that rises above the cares of this world, and be, you begin to utilize your gifts. And your talents for the Lord. And then at some point in your Christian walk, in your walk with the Lord, God will want you to move. That's the fourth level. To move to the place where you teach others also. Where you shepherd somebody. Notice what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 12. Mark this verse in your Bible. Don't let it get it away from you. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. You can't stay on milk is milk milk is where you get started. Everybody start you start on milk, but you cannot stay on milk. So so, so sometimes uh, you stayed on milk for a long time. First Peter chapter two verse two says, "As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word of God, that you may grow thereby." Pure milk. 
that you will grow. If you feed on milk for a while, you will grow. But if you see a 14-year-old uh, with a baby bottle in your mouth, we, we have other problems. <laughs> so he says, in Hebrews chapter 5, that at some point you are supposed to move from milk to teach somebody. But he says that instead of moving from that level, you need to be taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. For everyone who partakes, verse 13, Hebrews 5, 13, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food, the kind that you are feeding on this morning, your faith is getting built up. You eat meat. One time somebody said, this church is a meat church. You get fed, and then we go out and exercise this. But he says, solid food is, belongs to those who are full age, that, do, that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, with God, uh, what, when God is watching, even small things matter. I repeat it again. When God is watching, small things matter. The reason why some people's names are in the Bible, sometimes very little things that they did. Sometimes they went out of their way. Remember this person. Don't forget his name. Epaphroditus. I like his name. His name sounds witty. <laughs> Notice him. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 25. Notice this. He says, Yet I considered it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need. I considered necessary to send to you a Paphroditus. You won't forget him. I mean, we keep mentioning his name, so you won't forget him. <laughs> what is he noted for? Paul sent him with an offering all the way from Philippi to Rome. And he traveled all throughout the winter. Later on, he's referred to, but because of that assignment, he got sick. And when he got sick, uh, he says, for your sake, that is why he was almost at the point of death. But Paul said, God, God, I pray for him and God had mercy on me. It may have seemed something very insignificant. But his name is in the Bible. He moved. And later on, he became the bishop of the church of Philippi. Oh, I pray in the name of Jesus, may God find us faithful. I said, may God find us faithful. I said, may God find us faithful. Titus. These names are in the Bible for a reason. Notice Titus 1.5. He says, for this reason, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Titus. 
set things in order. That means that he can count on Titus to set things in order. And as he did, again, later on, he ended up as a bishop as well. But you see, not only just ending up as a bishop or a pastor or a preacher, no, no, that's not it. Notice these characters. We are pointing out people who were fruitful in the Bible. Let's look at another one. 2 Timothy 1.5. Thank you, Lord. Notice what the Bible says. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you also. Ah, he is you. Lewis is in the Bible. Grandmother Lewis. <laughs> she said the genuine faith that she had, she passed it to Eunice, who was the mother of Timothy. What legacy are you leaving for your children? That's fruit. The same faith that was in you, that's, if you count a generation as 40 years on the average, we are talking three generations here, potentially 120 years, and the ball has not been dropped. If Lewis, Grandma Lewis, I dropped the ball, not taking units to church, the whole generation potentially might be lost. Or not instill the faith that she had in, into units. Now Timothy comes along and he ends up He was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Do you see how this thing is? I pray in the name of Jesus that you will be fruitful. We will not drop the ball. No, no, no. No, no. He kept, he kept calling Timothy, my son. His true sonship is, is for people that are truly and genuinely following. I mean, David has sons. One of his, one of his sons overthrew him from them the throne. <laughs> Fruitfulness must be a lifestyle. May your generation count. That's the seed that we are planting today makes all the difference. Notice this example. This is a modern day example. You say, I don't know Grandma Lewis. I don't know who she is. I never met her. That, let's bring it closer, a little bit closer home. <laughs> there were two people that lived in the 1700s. One's name was Jonathan Edwards. He was a Puritan preacher. And his wife, Sarah, they left a great godly legacy for their 11 children. 
So somebody decided to trace their lineage. <laughs> Jonathan Edwards' legacy, notice this, includes one U.S. One U.S. vice president, three U.S. senators, three governors, three mayors, 13 college presidents, 30 judges, 65 professors, 80 public office holders, 100 lawyers, and 100 missionaries. Dear Lord. There was another person that lived around the same time. His name was Max Jukes. His descendants included seven murderers, 60 thieves, 50 women of debauchery, 130 other converts, 310 paupers with over 2,300 years lived in poor houses, 400 who were physically wrecked by indulgent living. It was estimated that Max Jukes' descendant cost the state more than $1,250,000. I pray in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, may your life be fruitful. Do you see how this thing works? The same faith which was in Grandmother Lois went to Eunice, went to Timothy. One person, one person, Jonathan Edwards, your generation will not be made up of vagabonds. I said your generation will not be made up of vagabonds. If Jesus tarries. Your generation will serve the Lord. I said your generation will serve the Lord. I said your generation will serve the Lord. I said your generation will serve the Lord. You will serve the Lord and your generation will serve the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I see you holy sold out to God. In the name of Jesus. Your life will count. And finally, five is, is the Great Commission. But your life will count. Shout it, my life will count. Shout it, my life will count. Shout it, my life will count. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Your life will count. Business person. Mother, parent, student, let's ponder on these words this morning. It's my life counting for God. My time, my talent, my finances is accounting for God. Is it making a difference? We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk, so sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.